Welcome back to the Cafe in Artichoke Music. Next week, Farnell Newton will pay a return visit, and the following week, Jeremy Wilson will be here for the first time to talk about his foundation and what he's doing musically. Today, sitting across from me, armed with a pile of harmonicas, is Arthur Moore, who has seen and heard and played with a lot of the great Portland blues musicians and is the maestro of Arthur Moore's Harmonica Party, which has been going on for decades and which is now right here in Cafe Artichoke once a month. Think we can get him to play something? I'm pretty sure we can count on it. Meet the legendary Arthur Moore. Well, a little orange light has stopped blinking, which means we're recording. Okay. Well, welcome back to Artichoke. This is, you're no stranger here. No. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Um, by the way, one thing I always was wondering about was used to be called, or your your nickname is Fresh Air. Fresh Air, yep. That has nothing to do with the NPR show, right? No. <laughs> it was uh, back in the, in the 90s, Paul DeLay and I would be hanging around, and I always would go after the gigs where there's no smoking. <laughs> and so he nicknamed me Fresh Air. That's great. And Curtis Salgado's called me nothing but fresh ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, Paul what, Paul, what a sense of humor that guy had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was some. Yeah. I did, a, I did a TV story on him one time, and, uh, uh, and I said, well, where do you want to shoot the interview? And he said, well, this is a restaurant. <laughs> so I we saw went that, to this yeah. And the whole thing was that, that of all the really serious stories I've done, I mean, there was lots of serious things that we talked about. But the thing that people remembered most was me stuffing my face with, 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 with pizza or whatever it was we were eating. <laughs> ribs. It was ribs. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, then, and then he wasn't, he wasn't too happy because he, had, he did most of the talking and didn't get a chance to eat. <laughs> Paul did like to eat. Yes. <laughs> Where did you meet him first? Um, I first moved here from San Francisco in 89. Uh-huh. And uh, I was a kind of a harmonica fanatic at the time. And we got in town and my wife and my uh, children took off to my in-laws because we were kind of in transition for about, uh-huh. they took off for a few weeks. Yeah. So the first weekend I, by myself, and I went and saw Jim Wallace, mm-hmm. Curtis Salgado, and Paul DeLay. Wow. And I saw Paul twice. And I had, I had I'd been listening to everybody, harmonica player in the, Every blues harmonica player that existed, I had every recording, but I hadn't heard Paul before. Wow. Oh, man. I was man. in San Francisco, and, <laughs> and he blew me away. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so then he had a harmonica class the next week at a, this downtown music store. I can't mm-hmm. remember the name of it. but So I went to that, and there was two other guys there, and Paul was strung out on Coke at the time. Well. And so he gave a perfunctory lesson. Yeah. yeah. And then... Um, I hung around the two guys, and they both became my students, and I started giving huh. lessons. Uh-huh. But then uh, after that, Paul got busted almost immediately. Uh. And then I took a lesson from him after he was busted, and he came over to my house, mm-hmm. and uh, he realized I already knew how to play, so he <laughs> invented this song, Begging Megan, which he didn't name till later. It was a duet where he played first position on A harp, and I played second position on a D harp, and we would play the same notes together in unison. Ah. And so I'm sitting here. I just met the guy, you know, personally. Yeah. 
and he's inventing a song. It was like Shaggin' Flies with Willie Mays. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like in a dream state. What am I doing? This is incredible. And he invented this whole tune in four minutes. Yeah. And we got all done playing it, and I was just out of my mind. I'd never been through anything like that in my life. I worked with a genius. Yeah. And they said, oh, we need to play this with my band. And I went, my God. I mean, I'd never, you know, hardly done anything in the public. Uh-huh. And the next thing I knew, I was playing downtown at a big festival in front of thousands of people with his band. Wow. And uh, Was it the Waterfront Blues Festival? No, it was something else back then. I can't remember the, the name Bite of it. The Bite of Oregon? Something like that? Or is it one of the Rose Festival shows or something like that? It was a, it was a summer show. Oh, I see. Rose Festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So then um, after that, he came to my, he had been busted and he was living in his lawyer's boat oh, down on the river. Oh, uh. And so every Sunday, and I had a wife and two kids, uh-huh. and we were like his safe spot. Oh, nice. Because there was no drugs. Yes. My wife's a saint. Right. And <laughs> it was just so we, um, every Sunday, I'd go pick him up, and I have a big garden in the back. I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure he ate one good meal a week, <laughs> and I would, we'd have a big feast, and he became like the uncle to my kids, and wow. he was there every Sunday for years. Huh. And uh, huh. then I would drive him over to the candlelight for his gig. Yeah. For his jam session. <laughs> and I go back home to mom and the kids, and we uh, just became incredible friends. Now, you have this Paul DeLay. We're going to get to the to, to the artichoke gig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty soon. But uh, you handed me this, and I've never heard this. Um, uh, the Paul DeLay back in the day. What is that? Well, that was um, about after Paul passed away, I realized I had all these cassettes that had been made from boom boxes. Uh-huh. And um, I had a couple of songs from my basement when he was giving a lesson to a friend of mine. And he played this incredible rendition of Mean Old World. Oh, and one of signature songs. Yeah, and it's on YouTube now. Uh-huh. And thousands of people have listened to it. I had that. I had a recording from the Blues Festival original song. He, re- he never recorded it anywhere. Wow. And called, um, oh gosh, I can't remember it. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, the phone, it's the third one on there. A uh, little little tiny letter, little tiny letter. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He wrote that. It's it's an original. It's the only place it's ever been recorded. And it was off. The, it was off the blues festival. I recorded it off the radio. Yeah. And then Curtis Salgado and Mike Moothart in the seventies, mid seventies, they came up here with their boombox. And Paul <laughs> had a gig at Claudia's. Yeah. And they recorded the whole thing on a boombox. And I, I ended up with a copy of this cassette twenty years later. Wow. And so I still had that. I put huh. that on there. And then I had a harmonica party in the mid-90s after Paul had gotten released from prison. Uh-huh. And we had, he did a 30-minute showcase with my guys. Uh-huh. And so that's on there, too. Wow. So now, I moved here in 97. So I, wh- where was Claudius? Claudius was on Hawthorne. Really? And I think it might still be. The, I don't know if the n- name's the same, but they used to have music. That was back. Huh. It's Claudius in about 30th. Huh. Big building there. And then the, the last thing on there was the harmonica party recorded in 1995, December uh-huh. 95. Uh-huh. And that was at Parchment Farm, which was in. Right. Oh, you know where that one was. I know where that was. That, was, that yeah. was still there when I first moved here. Right. Not for long. No, but it was on its way out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I had a harmonica party there. Yeah. Every Sunday for a long time. Huh. Okay. Wh- when did these harmonica parties start? Well, um, I started, uh, when I got here, 
I got a little duo going in a trio. Uh, and um, I also advertised that I gave lessons uh-huh. it, with the blues notes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I had dozens of harmonica p- students. They and just come out of the woodwork, oh, don't they? Oh, they wanted to learn. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I had people who I gave a lesson every week for years to the point where I said, I have nothing left to teach you. <laughs> and so what I did with the harmonica party, I would have my gigs and I would set it up so these students would have a place to come play. Uh-huh. And uh, they, um, and this, so this evolved, uh, and so, because, you know, with jam sessions, a lot of times harmonica players are kind of looked at like the skunk in the room. Well, right. And they don't want you to play. It's like accordions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, it's, but not as bad as bagpipes. No. And uh, <laughs> so this was a friendly atmosphere for all the harmonica players. Uh-huh. And I would give them uh, what it evolved into over time was I would do my songs, two or three songs, and then I would have a song, a nice, you know, 12-bar, 8-bar thing that was easy to play along to. Uh-huh. And I started out, and then everybody would get two 12-bar uh-huh. solo. And I didn't care how good you were or how bad you were. <laughs> you had two 12-bars to be whoever you were. <laughs> and I loved it because yeah. everybody was so incredibly different. Mm. We were like snowflakes. Mm-hmm. Nobody was even close to the same. Mm-hmm. And um, it just got to be like uh, the brotherhood of uh, harmonica. Yeah. And I've had the same people coming to these harmonica parties for over 10 years. 15 wow. years, 20 years. Wow. And so it's like family. Huh. And they, I know everybody, and I just let everybody know, and everybody shows up and Thanks plays. for the coffee. You're welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, Mikhail. Boy. Um, because this is Coffee Shop Conversations. Ooh. And therefore, you have to have some Good coffee. coffee. Good coffee. But I really Ooh, like, uh, this is a, and Artichoke Music is where we're doing them now. Yeah. And I've kind of retired from all the clubs and all that, and, uh, but I love this place. Well, yeah, the everybody loves it. The acoustics are great. It's really intimate. Yeah. It's nice. The people are wonderful. So you know, how does it work? So people get here, if, if, if people are going to get here, they're going to walk in, and you, your, your band will be set up, and you? Right. So what I do now is, so I don't have carpal tunnel syndrome for my guitar player and bass player, because some <laughs> of the songs would take a half hour for everybody to play. <laughs> and uh, so I, I have a list of the tunes, and I give two tunes to everybody who comes in the door uh-huh. that they can play on. Yeah. And usually, I, and here's the two-hour situation. I'll have seven or eight tunes for people to play along with. Uh-huh. And I'll do three players per song. Uh-huh. They each get two 12-bars solo to play whatever they want to play, you know, in the song. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then we have a couple of songs, and I'm getting more of these, where everybody plays the song together. Huh. We have one called Mitch Cashmar uh-huh. had this song that he brought to, uh, I was over visiting him, and we did this song called um, Don't Lose Your Cool. Uh-huh. It was a guitar thing. And uh, let's see, it goes kind of like. Uh, Why, you must have brought some uh, harps with you. Thank <laughs> you. 
be solo. <laughs> but that everybody in the room plays those three verses. Uh-huh. And then everybody gets one 12 bar. Yeah. Depend on how many people we got. Yes. If I, if I have a if I have less than a dozen, I'll let them play two. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we play all of that. Everybody does a solo. And then at the end, we play the same three verses in unison, uh -huh. the whole room uh -huh. coming, the verses in reverse coming out to the end <laughs> of the song. <laughs> and it's kind of like uh, a real fun night. That sounds great. Oh, it's, it's great. really, we've actually, somebody took a video of it the last uh -huh. harmonica party here. It's on Facebook on oh, my cool. on my. We'll link thing. to that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then we have Mighty Long Time by Sonny Boy Williamson. You remember that one? Which Sonny Boy Williamson are we talking We're about? We're talking about uh, Rice Miller, the okay. fake one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, Kim Field has a, has a wonderful new book on Billy Boy Arnold. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, and in which he's very, very careful to delineate between the, the two Sonny Boy Williamsons. <laughs> I usually say Rice Miller. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but Sonny Boy did this. This is one of his most famous songs, and uh -huh. mighty long time. And it's a slow blues uh -huh. with just a bass. And um, on the last verse, I just yell out to the audience, "Okay, everybody, get ready!" And we <laughs> all play the last verse together <laughs> to end the song. <laughs> so I'm trying to get more of those going. Yeah, because it's yeah. just it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you find it's most it's it's mostly people who 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 are, uh, who are, are are players that 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 come to to, to these these harmonica parties? Yeah, it's uh, it's changed a lot. I used to have a lot of players who were uh, learning. Uh huh. And then with COVID and everything. Yeah. And I used to give uh, workshops here at Artichoke mm -hmm. for dozens of people, mm -hmm. and they would last for like. I don't know, five six weeks yeah and then i would actually prime them mm -hmm. to come and play yeah. at the harmonica party because mm -hmm. there's certain songs that are like that i mean the first verse in that song is the same whole over and over for the whole 12 bars yeah. it's pretty easy <laughs> to I say just stay on that whole two hole draw the whole time <laughs> and um sounds and like would, a sounds like cards yeah sounds like <laughs> playing cards you know, two hole draw yeah, okay <laughs> and they uh so it was, um, so it's kind of slowed down. People I have coming now have been coming for years. Mm -hmm. I used to do, I did it literally every week for about eight years in a row. Wow. Every Wednesday at, uh, over at, um, on 82nd. Mm -hmm. And that club closed and before they got done, I went over to Vinyl Tap and got in every mm -hmm. Sunday fair for two years. Were you talking about Duff's after they moved? Duff's, right, Duff's yeah, Garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was much better when it was the garage. Yeah, much better. But uh, yeah, it was, that was always fun. Yeah, and I loved the owners. It was really a good time. They were, they were, they're terrific. Yeah. But you know, I, I had many, many happy nights at the old Duff's. Oh, the original Duff's. The old was Duff's was great. Too. It was great. Because I played place. both of them. They do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We made a transition. Who, who is in your? Who is your band now? Uh, the people I'm playing with now, I've got Scott Clancy, uh -huh. who uh, is uh, been a professional guitar player since he was a teenager. Uh huh. And um, Lorraine LaTourette, hmm. who is this uh, very nice lady, and she's been playing with Scott in other bands. Mm -hmm. She plays in a, you know, about a dozen different bands, because you know how much it is with bass players. Well, There's well. only like three <laughs> in the whole city. Right. And um, so we've been working together, and I decided to get going again. I mean, I was going here when the COVID hit. Ah. We had the harmonica party going. 
but I only did one in 2020, one in 2021. Uh-huh. Here at Artichoke, you mean? Yeah, I just, yeah. it was just uh-huh. a little, you know, but then we had to stop because right. the, everything stopped. But now we're going again. That's great. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I guess you just you have to build things up again. Yeah, but I mean, I've got my regulars. Right. And they're never right. going to stop coming. Well, the only one thing can stop them. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> and we're all waiting for that to happen. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of which, you, I, we're going to talk about these two CDs, Blues Harp Legacy 1 and 2. But it says here on the back of number two that... Um, Within a year of this recording, Arthur Fresh Airmore's 10 years of performing on the Portland blues scene was sadly ended by major surgery for ongoing health issues. Well, it doesn't sound like it. Well, what happened is, <laughs> what happened is I got ulcerative colitis. Oh. And I could barely even leave my house. Wow. And so I couldn't do a gig anymore. Yeah. And um, this was right towards the end. Uh, I got that. That was recorded in 98. And uh-huh. so I was pretty much almost couldn't play anymore wow. because I couldn't finish the tune without running to the bathroom. Right. And right. Um, so for 10 years, I didn't play at all. 10 years? 10 years. Wow. I couldn't do it. But did, I had did, you, to, did you even pick up the harmonica at home? Uh, no, I didn't even care. Wow. I only, I, the, the whole thing about me is playing out is what I live, like, really like. Yeah. And without being able to do that, it just kind of got kind of like, yeah, who cares? Wow. But um, it was really weird. So for 10 years, I, I had a wife and three kids, mm-hmm. and I had to make sure I could keep the money coming in at my regular job and right. I was everything I could do to keep that going. Mm-hmm. And uh, What kind I, of work did you do? Uh, I was a, a, a clerk for Department of Labor. Huh. And I just worked a clerical job my whole life. And yeah. when I would learn how to play harmonica yeah. in San Francisco, uh-huh. I had a job downtown on Market Street, uh-huh. and I just sit there at a desk all day long and do paperwork. Yeah. And so I had a record store two blocks away, huh. and they loved to see me coming because it was a used record store, Ooh. and I had them record every single blues recording made uh-huh. up to that time in the mid-'80s. Wow. And I would listen to them for eight hours, 40 <laughs> hours a week, <laughs> every week <laughs> as I did my clerical work yeah, yeah and then yeah. every break i would run out into the alley and i would play <laughs> the tunes that i was hearing <laughs> and so uh that's how I, I i was like the encyclopedia uh-huh. of harmonic i knew everybody except paul delay yeah <laughs> and they had Imagine these great that. shows downtown in San yeah. and the fillmore mm-hmm. every year and i would go and see every great harmonica player in the world charlie musselwhite living there then he used to play, he lived outside of town. He lived up in uh-huh. the north of maybe 40 miles away, uh-huh. out in the country. But he uh, would play once a month down at uh, the saloon. Uh-huh. And I would go see him play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I mean, he's like, he Some, was like, you know. There's something about harmonica players. Like when, when James Cotton got cancer and he couldn't sing anymore, but he still played the harmonica and, and made records. James Cotton, my God. Yeah. I do one of his songs called She's Murder. And I heard him, I was, uh, I drafted when I was 19 in 1966. Uh-huh. And I'm over in Germany. They sent me over to Germany. Uh-huh. And uh, a friend of mine had been to the Fillmore and seen James Cotton. Uh-huh. And he told me about it. We went to see him at a listed man's club. Yeah, yeah. And he just blew me away. Did he take the mic and run outside with it? Did he what? Did he take the mic and run outside with it? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, you know, yeah, he was that. all running, running yeah. in the, through the audience <laughs> and everything. And one of the songs he did was She's Murder. That's great. And I went and got his, found his recording, uh-huh. and it was on there. So I still do that today. And I always introduce it. I've heard James <laughs> Cotton do this in 1968 in Germany in a min, he, enlisted men's club. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Here's a James Cotton song from his last album uh, called The Blues Is Good For You. Now, of course, then he had another vocalist, but he still was writing the songs, the lyrics uh-huh. and stuff. And <laughs> it's... It's about uh, his doctor told him the blues is good for you. Just keep on playing till you're 102, which he almost made. Yeah. And it's got this great line in it where he's talking about tofu. What is that? Edamame, Eddie yo mommy. So funny. <laughs> I play that on my radio show. I play that too much on my. I played that for years on my radio show. Oh man. Yeah, he was extraordinary. He lived a long. Yeah, yeah, and and a large part of the end of his life, he wasn't, he couldn't sing. No, but he could still blow the back off. He sure could. (laughs) Man, he was incredible. Yeah. All right. So um, while we're talking about this, these, these. So what happened is I didn't play for ten years. Yeah. But then I started doing yoga for forty-five minutes every day. Really. Two months later, I called my guitar player and said, "Let's go back and start playing." Huh. And we started playing. Wow. And what happened is I just did, never ate uh-huh. before a gig for 24 hours. I see. And so I would have, I could, I could get through all the gigs. And we just blew up. Wow. Because everybody remembered me. Yeah. And all of a sudden I showed up at a, the blues club meeting. And everybody went, right. Where have you been? We thought you dropped in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I was back playing all the shows and just getting the harmonica parties going and just, uh, yeah. I was just reading about this, this uh, blues man called Zuzu Bolin. I'd never heard of him before. But I found a, a tune of his. And, uh, uh, or, or actually, it could have been, um, anyway, I think it was him. And uh, his, his bio on Wikipedia said... <laughs> that everybody thought he was dead and then somebody discovered he wasn't and he went back to playing. <laughs> that sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so have we covered, the, did we talk about all the people in your band? Uh, those are the two people and okay. it was very interesting because, you know, I'm married with three kids. Yes. And so I met Scott through one of my one of the guys I met mm-hmm. uh, at that harmonica class Paul gave. Mm-hmm. I started giving la- lessons to. I told him, I said, I got to find a guitar player uh-huh. to play. And he said, well, and he told me he knew a guy at work. Mm-hmm. And it was Scott who played all of his life. And he was just married with two kids just like me <laughs> who is a musician, but he has a job. And uh-huh. if you're a full-time musician, yeah. you can't have a family. It's no. just too much. No. And uh, so we got together, and he was an extraordinary player, 25 years' experience yeah, yeah. already. Yeah. And he could, it was so cool because I could just pick out any tune, come in, and we'd have, I'd play it, play the recording, and before it was even over, he'd have the whole thing down for the rest of our lives. <laughs> and it was just, it was wonderful. So There's a song by the Bobs called Never Ever Marry a Musician. They already have a wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you get your first harmonica? Do you remember? Uh, yeah. Um, How old were you? I was a teenager. Uh-huh. I was about 18 years old, I think, 17 or 18. Uh-huh. And a bunch of us, me and my buddies went down. We were in Sacramento, California. We were all teenagers, just 
being rowdy. High school, <laughs> just just out of high school. And we went to see a show with uh, the Yardbirds. Wow. Did you have long hair yet? Huh? Did you have long hair yet? There were no long. We had the, everybody had like surf cuts with yes. that on the oh, forehead gotcha. thing, the gotcha. beetle yes, cuts. Yes, yes, that was the That was the haircut back then. All right. But we were surfers, and we combed it back. <laughs> and uh, But the um, we had the Yardbirds, we had the Bo Brummels, and we had uh, the Love and Spoonful, yeah. which we all loved. Yeah. And so the Yardbirds came out, and Keith Relf came up to the vocal mic uh-huh. and just blew the place to bits playing harmonica hmm. and just blew all of our minds. It was <laughs> like, what? And, but nobody said anything. And the next day, we all got together like we did every day. Yeah. Everybody had gone out and bought a harmonica, <laughs> and we were all trying to make it work. That's funny. And um, that was were, were you a natural? I just kept it in my mouth and played for years. Yeah. And then for years and years, and, you know, I got so I could play the single notes, and I Uh developed some style for that with my tongue in the U, which almost Uh nobody does, but some people do. And then I just played by ear, and um, I got married in my late 30s, in my mid-30s, and so then we had a kid right away and everything, and I'm around the house all the time, and I thought... I want to learn how to play a musical instrument. Huh. And I went down to a local music store in San Francisco, and here was this picture of Junior Wells huh. in front of the Chicago skyline, all these huge buildings, <laughs> with a harmonica in his mouth, and his <laughs> eyes looked like jellied fire. <laughs> and it was a book that had been put out by this guy, and he took all the greatest blues songs ever recorded, uh-huh. and he had the tablatures to play play your two hole, play your three hole, uh-huh. draw, suck, all this stuff, all uh-huh. the way through it. So I went to a friend of mine who had every recording on the planet, yeah. and he made me a tape of every song on the book. Wow. So I got home. Lucky you. And I, they told me the harmonica to, to use, uh-huh. and I started playing along. And what I found was I didn't have to read the tablature. I was playing by ear, and wow. I could play every solo I heard. Uh. All I had to do was hear it one time, and I uh-huh. could play it redundantly right back at it. And Great. Said, Ooh, something's going on here. Yeah, really. So I just took it from there and just said, let's see how far we can go. And then I was playing blues festivals and uh, playing uh-huh. with the greatest players on the planet <laughs> and all this stuff. And it got to the point where you go on tour. Yeah. And I said, no, I have a wife and three kids. Right. And a day right. job. This right. is my second job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's where, it, uh, that's where I cut it off. Do you regret that? No. Okay. No, no. It, it, it's, it, it makes it fun. Yeah. And less of a business. Yes. And I, don't, yes. I didn't want to make it a business. Good. Yeah, so. Good, good. Yeah, it's been a ball. <laughs> it's really been fun. <laughs> and I don't have to go live in homo- hotel rooms in the other restaurants yes. for weeks and months <laughs> on end. On end, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's easy to carry your instrument. It's very easy. <laughs> That's the glory of it. Yeah. Yeah, you just put them in your pocket. And, yeah. um, uh, uh, so, um, uh, let's get back to Artichoke. Were you at the, did you ever play at the old Artichoke? Yeah, I did. Did you? I did uh, yeah. workshops there, and I played there a I few for, for a few years before they moved. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But um, one thing I want the people, any harmonica players who are hearing this, doesn't matter what level of experience, ability, or anything you have, you are supposed to, we want you to play. Yeah. We want everybody to play. Hold on for a second. We're recording in here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're recording in here. Sorry. <laughs> now, where were we? <laughs> back to uh, uh, our, our regularly scheduled program. 
already in progress. I'm going to leave that in. Because <laughs> uh, I don't edit anything. Oh, cool. The only thing I ever edited was somebody, it was a blues singer, as a matter of fact, who, who wanted to see Trump dead. <laughs> so I took that out. Because, you know. Probably not not a good sentiment. Do you play harmonica? I don't play harmonica. Oh, too bad. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I used to play guitar badly. Yeah, me very, too. Very badly. Well, you know what Paul said? What? Paul DeLay said, uh, playing guitar hurts your fingers too much. <laughs> and playing the drums makes you tired. Yes. So playing the harp was easy. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said the way he got started was Lloyd Jones was walking through his neighborhood and heard him playing. Really? He came and knocked on the door. Really? And asked him to join his band. Wow. And Paul was a teenager. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, sounds like Lloyd. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Paul. Uh, you know, he was, uh, what was it? What is it? What was it that Paul had? He you was know? just, uh, it was, he was always looking for something new. Uh-huh. He never was redundant. It was amazing. He always was searching for something that had never, ever been played on the harmonica. Uh-huh. Every gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would love that particularly when he has it, was at a jam mm-hmm. where everything was being winged. Yeah. Like he used to come to my harmonica. I, for a while, I had a harmonica party where I featured a special guest for the last set every night. That's what's mm-hmm. on the... Uh, mm-hmm back in the day mm-hmm. and i would have him all you know at least once a month yeah but i'd have salgado and bill rhodes mm-hmm. and just mike moothart every harmonica player in oregon mm-hmm. i would have him come and um there was times i remember one time i had my buddy of mine a harmonica guy and we were paul was playing and he had just gone off and he i just <laughs> said i felt like he had taken me to outer space, <laughs> to places I had never been before mm-hmm. or heard. Mm-hmm. And he just, he was just magical. He was always searching for that new thing. Yep. It was like that with his bands, too. Because he, he replaced, he, he, there, there, were, there were times when he replaced great musicians. You know, he, he replaced um, Louis Payne with David Vest, you know, and... Louis Payne's one of the, the great B, B3 players on earth, right? And I agree. David Vest is a, is a great piano player, too, but he wanted, he wanted a different sound. It had yeah. nothing to do with who was better, because it wasn't about who was better, because they're, they're they're, they're, you know, they were both great players. Right. But he just wanted a different sound, and he got it. And, you yeah, know, he, and, uh, and, and, and uh, David was his, his final piano player Yep. when he died. He didn't last long after that. I'm yeah. really glad I... I had just started to go out a little bit. I got to see him about a month before he Did passed you? away. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was a little joint, Halibuts, and it was just oh, him. Yeah. And oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and it was just yeah. him, and uh, <laughs> I think Peter was on guitar, and uh-huh. I think that was it, just Damn. did a, do mm-hmm. a duo. Yeah. yeah. And I took my oldest son with me, who just turned 21, so he could drink. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, it was just fantastic. I mean, he was playing fantastic right up till he just couldn't play anymore. Oh, sure. Sure. And, um, yeah, yeah. And then I knew he um, sent me a message, left me a message on my phone. He said, I'm not going to be able to make the gig. Oh, man. And I went, you can't make a gig? Wow. I knew that things were yeah. serious and he was dead yeah. within a week. Wow. Yeah. 
That's a shame. Yeah. Well, he he was playing right to the last gasp. I think it's great that you keep that you, you keep his his history alive. Oh, he's just yeah. he was so special. I play him on the radio whenever I can. Yeah, and he's I'm, um, not every week, but you know, uh, at least once a month I'll play a Paul Delay tune. Oh yeah, and I, I, I uh, may I play this on the radio? Absolutely. All right, I'll do what that. What I did with this thing is I made it just to give uh-huh. to people who love Paul. Yeah, and I don't sell it or nothing. Really, I bring it to gigs. Huh. Anybody wants it, they can have it. Huh? And it's just because this is just like you know, if you love Paul, you'll love this. So if you come here on the twentieth, it's the twentieth, right? Absolutely, yeah. I carry you know a couple dozen with me. Wow, that's just, great. Just you know, I just like to give them away. But they can buy the other ones? Yeah, they could. Okay. If I remember to bring them. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out of the business for a while now. <laughs> well, you obviously, you're still in the business. Well, I still play, got piles you, of these CDs you, laying around. Gigging, so you know? Back in it. We're back in it. But, yeah. you know, I, I, uh, I saw a show on Doc Severinsen. Really? Yeah, uh, the trumpet player from Johnny Carson's show. Mm-hmm. And they showed him at 86 <laughs> doing a gig. And just blowing, I mean, just tore the place to pieces. Like Henry Gray. Well, they just, just in the news, they just said yeah. Doc Severinsen's 95, right. and he just now retired. Yes. That's inspiring <laughs> to a guy who's only 75. Right. 20 years? Okay. I know, I know. <laughs> and it's like, like Henry Gray. Henry Gray was, you know, Howlin' Wolf's piano player until he moved back to Baton Rouge, and he played till he was nine, in, in his 90s. Yeah, it seems like age isn't a big, in fact, like listening to Rice Miller, Sonny Boy, mm-hmm. and he have his trumpet recordings, which he has Almighty Long Time and all that stuff from 1955, mm-hmm. but when he's 15 years, you know, 10, 12, 15 years older, it's a different thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's almost like mm-hmm. there's some little more soulful and less energy. Yeah. You know, the energy's yeah. way down, but the soulfulness and heartfelt stuff is coming out. Right. I think you might. I think that you appreciate it more. I do. Yeah, me too. I do. I, you don't have to go fast for me. No, no. Just make just make me feel something. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's see you make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, get, get, why don't you get your harps out and tell me what you're carrying? Oh, I'm carrying. Uh, well, this is just the. Uh, By the way, how many harmonicas do you actually own? Well, I used to go to a gig with about forty. Forty? I counted them one day because somebody asked me. <laughs> because I would have, uh, I'd have all the twelve keys. This is this is my small little carrying case here. How this many is, you got there? There's seven there. Seven. And that's just the major the major keys you use. And I always <laughs> have a couple of chromatics, and I have a diatonic chromatic called a Koch. Uh-huh. And uh, but I have carrying about forty six. And then I would carry <laughs> a backup, so I always had. <laughs> I had one I'm playing, and right next to it was the backup in case it went out on me in the middle of a song. Uh-huh. And I could reach down and get the other one to keep going. What would cause it to go out? Oh, lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Too much juice. Really? Uh, it just got old and died. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of things can happen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you, you learn to never eat for a long time before you play <laughs> because you don't want to get anything in there to clog things up. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, I mean, nobody thinks about that. The harmonica players do. Yes, I know they do. I know they do. <laughs> but nobody else does. No, no. They're all eating, and you're all going, God, right. I wish I could eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't, but... Um, Is there a particular brand that you like? Yeah, I used to use a thing called Meisterklass. Uh-huh. Uh, when I started playing, 
back in the 60s, they were all had wood combs, marine bands, mm-hmm. blues. And I'm very s- juicy player. Uh-huh. And within 15 minutes, all the wood would be swollen up and sticking up and giving me a bloody lip. Wow. So I could never play longer than 15 minutes. Wow. Before I would have to stop out of pain Jeez. and blood. And so that kind of held me back for a long time. I bet. And uh, that's all they had. Mm-hmm. So it was really weird. I was in San Francisco before I got married. Uh, one of my roommates, he heard me play a harmonica, and he said, I got some you can use. And these were called orchestras, and they had metal sheets mm-hmm. around the wood. Mm. I could play all day. Wow. And I was like, whoa, man. And I just started playing and playing mm-hmm. and playing. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to get serious about it, I went down, and here was all these non-wood harmonicas to play all these plastic ones and then uh-huh. the meister classes were very expensive they were handmade metal uh-huh. they had great tone and they lasted a long time they were way expensive but i used those for years wow and then later on when i got back playing again and then they started changed them from handmade to machine made and they weren't good anymore oh but i still had all these old ones plus i had reed plates by the hundreds to back them up when they went out uh-huh. so uh-huh. i have piles of all this wow <laughs> uh, stuff. My wife threw a bunch of waste, oh. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so I switched to these things called crossovers. They're mm-hmm. a marine band, but what they did is they have a wood comb, mm-hmm. but it's made out of bamboo and it doesn't swell up. Wow! So you get that nice warm woody tone, mm-hmm. but you don't have you know I'm not bleeding from playing them. That's good. It's very good. It's very good. And so I switched over completely to these. Wow! And. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the ones I use, and uh, these have been working really good for me for a long time. They last. They're good. So are you going to be doing monthly uh, harmonica party here? Every month, the third Thursday, uh-huh. we'll be here doing the harmonica party. That's great. For the rest of our lives. <laughs> well, who knows how long it's <laughs> well, going to be. We'll never know. Cause, uh, <laughs> this is kind of like the old guy network and, right. la- and lady network. I have lady yeah. players who come out and play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's interesting. You don't hear too many, uh, you don't hear about too many female harmonica players. It's usually guys. It's usually guys, but there's been, uh, Lynn, I Ann, Lynn Ann Hyde was a killer. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. um. I wonder why that is. I mean, I have no idea why that is. Well. That's why I was asking. So, uh, I mean, you ain't, I know why it is either. But, uh, no. I've yeah. only, only know a couple, three. Huh. There are, there, there's more of them now. Yeah. There's more of them now. Well, there's more women doing everything now, yeah. which is a good, yeah. thing. It, good thing. There's some damn good ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really, f- I'm just kind of going on what I learned. What I do now is I just sit around and wait to find some song that just knocks me out, and then I learn how to play it. Yeah. And um, I like getting all these old tunes I was raised on, like You've Lost That Loving Feeling by <laughs> The Righteous Brothers. <laughs> yeah. I turned that into a four-minute harmonica solo tune <laughs> and that kind of stuff. I left my heart in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I know I don't want to throw this at you, but um, is it possible for you to pl- play us out? Okay. I'll do, uh, you know Rick Estrin is? Yeah, sure. He was a big inspiration for me back in San Francisco. Well, let me say thank you very much for being here. Enjoyed well, talking you. with you. And as, like, as we like to say at the end of these things, That's entertainment.
Don't boss me, baby. Don't tell me what to do. Don't boss me, baby. Don't tell me what to do. I got full grown without no help from you. I may be right, and again, I might be wrong. Maybe right, and again, I might be wrong. If you boss me, babe, better know I will be gone. I'll get you a dog if you've got to boss someone. <laughs>